0: Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now, your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. If you're listening to this live, it probably means that you are in the middle of uh, procrastinating what's probably a final paper or studying for a final exam. And I'm very disappointed in you. I'm kidding. Um, It is our final episode of the season. It's crazy how fast that goes by. It's episode number 55. I counted before we started. Um, And I truly, I wish that it was episode 80 so that we could have said that this was episode 80 for Brady, but it's not. Uh, So unfortunately, we'll we'll do episode 55 for not Tom Brady. Today, we're talking about Tom Brady, Giselle, and uh, the theoretical lens that we've chosen for this episode is turning points uh, which should be a really, really good one. And in order to help me talk about these issues, is now three time guest of the pod, Dr. Sammy Shabib. Sammy, can't thank you enough for joining me during your finals week.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: It should be another good one. Uh, we are. In full swing of end of semester mode. And what better way to talk uh, or to ring in the end of the semester than to talk about someone who's ringing in the end of his professional football career in Tom Brady, who should have retired, what, three years ago? I don't know. Not my call, but I will put my personal disliking of Tom Brady aside to talk about this one. I want to talk about the relationship that he had uh, with international supermodel Giselle and the various public turning points that they've had during their relationship. Are you are you down for that conversation?
1: Of course. Let's go. Especially right. with the NFL draft going on.
0: The NFL draft <laughs> is going on. Um, me personally, I'm a baseball guy, but, you know, I, I certainly respect the athleticism involved in football. And, you know, there's nobody more seasoned in that great sport than one Tom Brady. Um You know what's crazy is when I was going over my notes for this episode, I wanted to know what episode I need to reference in order to be like, okay, so we've talked about turning points before. With that said, yada, yada, yada. But then I realized we didn't do an episode on turning points. So that's kind of where we need to start. Um, Now, turning points aren't a communication theory per se, So I think the first thing to do is kind of unpack like what are turning points and what do we gain from understanding relationships through a turning point perspective?
1: Yeah. So turning points are moments of change and relational turning points specifically are events that spark a change in one's relationship. And they can occur in all types of relationships, whether it be romantic ones, familia, social, or even you know professional relationships. And turning points actually uses a specific type of analysis and it recognizes that relationships have this potential to change in a positive or negative way at any given point. And, you know, turning points that are seen as positive are typically attributed to higher levels of intimacy or perceived closeness with the romantic partner or... The relational partner. And then turning points that are seen as negative are usually attributed to decreases of intimacy or closeness. And some, you know, common examples of potential, you know, relational turning points can include everything from, you know, the first time you meet someone to the first time that they say, you know, that they love you, or even your first big fight. And one of the significant contributions of turning points is really understanding um, the Dyadic nature in addition to how events can shift focus, um, and increase intimacy or closeness or decrease the intimacy and closeness between romantic partners.
0: Yeah. You know what? uh, So turning points are a product of Leslie Baxter, who is one of like the, the ultimate, ultimate, uh, in in I mean it's it's Leslie Baxter, it's Judy Burgoon and then like I guess you could throw Chuck Berger in there just because of uncertainty reduction theory. But Leslie Baxter is one of those communication scholars who has her fingerprints all over everything. I mean multiple theories written. Uh, you know the the scholars that we know today they studied under Leslie Baxter. Um, when I think about turning points, I think about the slope study that Leslie Baxter did, where uh, the, the in the first part she asked couples i want you to think about your life as if it were a book and i want you to lay out the chapters of that book what what would the titles of those chapters be and i think that's such a brilliant way to conceptualize what a turning point is like the chapter of uh, the title of each chapter of the book that is your relationship and then the next part when they had them plot uh, on, yeah. on an XY graph how, where each turning point lied and then drew lines and measured the slopes of those lines like just from like a quantitative perspective that's like a very funny way to do things uh, and it's brilliant it's brilliant um, but I think that, that that conceptualization of them really reiterates what you were saying in terms of these like big meaningful relationship moments that shape the trajectory of the future of the relationship for better or worse depending <laughs> depending on the nature of the turning point right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And actually like visually seeing um, the turning point analysis on that plot and um, on the diagrams and stuff is actually visually um, kind of articulates and tells us a lot about the relationship, too. And when two people have different perceptions of a singular event, right, one could perceive them as increasing intimacy or closeness where the other is like uh, after this big fight, I want out. You yeah, know, I, I'm picturing like,
0: like imagine like a couple that has their first sexual encounter and for one, they were like, oh, that was the moment I knew they were the one. And then the other one was like, <laughs> um, that actually made me think if I want to still be with them anymore. Uh, so it's very interesting. I, I think yeah, the dyadic nature of it, the, the 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 individual and then the coupled nature of it. Very, very interesting stuff. Yes. So let's talk about Tom Brady. Um Brady and Giselle have had, much like uh, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan, have had moments of privacy and then moments of like spectacular public uh, elements. So can you maybe rattle off a couple of the most meaningful turning points that, uh, that Tom Brady and Giselle have experienced and maybe talk about how those turning points altered their commitment and ultimately their relationship trajectory, which as we now know is ending in a split.
1: Yeah, and then Giselle actually uh, wrote this memoir, and she states that, like, kind of John has made her heart expand in ways that she didn't even know was possible, which is the um, eldest son of Tom Brady. And she's often referred to John as, like, her bonus child. So even though they had this difficulty that was present in the very, you know, initial phases of their relationship, after the birth, it seems like, you know, it has really increased their closeness um, and potential intimacy between them. And then we know obviously that they got married um, in February of 2009. Shortly thereafter, they had um, their son in December of 2009 and then their daughter in December of 2012. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like increases um, after the birth of the eldest son for Tom. And then in September of 2015 was the first time we were started receiving reports from sources specifically from us weekly that things were very tense between Giselle and Tom. Um, this was particularly after deflate gate, which was an NFL controversy revolving around accusations that Brady ordered the deflating of footballs, um, in the AFC championship game in the 2014 and 2015 NFL playoffs. Um, and so that was kind of the first news that we had heard about any specific, like, tensions um, prior to Bridget. Um, Yeah, Bridget's pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then we know that they celebrated 10 years, like, in February of 2019. And then we started hearing um, some stuff, right? We fast forward into February of 2022. This is when Brady announced his retirement on Instagram. And then six weeks after Brady's retirement announcement, so in March of 2022, Tom revealed that, um he was going to return to the nfl also via instagram Mm -hmm. and this is where we then started hearing a lot more kind of tensions especially tensions in terms of giselle's perceptions of tom uh rejoining the nfl
0: yeah so i there's a couple things that stick out to me there and the first one is that what might have been traditionally considered as not just a relational turning point, but as a relational transgression, which ironically you and I have talked about on this show before, it is, is the birth of what Giselle calls her bonus child, right? But this ended up being something that potentially increased their closeness and intimacy. And I think that that really speaks to the dynamic nature of turning points, both theoretically and in practice. And yeah. Then- the the other thing that really sticks out to me there is the ways in which the relationship began to deteriorate, beginning, like you said, closer to 2015, um, which kind of transitions into the next question that I had for you, which was that the media perception was that Brady chose football over family, right? And that that's what led to the divorce. And I guess my question is, to what extent is that a reliable report, like, Is it that Brady was just so involved with football from 2015 through now that she just couldn't take it anymore? Or were there non-football things contributing to this? And either way, surely that media and public involvement couldn't have helped. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can unpack that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So actually, this is not true from Giselle's own mouth, um, according to Giselle. And she recently kind of opened up about her relationship with Tom in a new cover story for Vanity Fair that mm-hmm. came out in this past March. So, you know, relatively recent news. She said that what's been portrayed in the media about the demise of her marriage, specifically that she sought a divorce because of Brady's um, backing out of retirement to play football for one more season was just simply un true. She said that what's been said is one piece of a much bigger puzzle and that it's not so in quotes, black and white. Sometimes you grow together and sometimes you grow apart. Those are verbatim her words. And I think that that really kind of highlights, um, you know, that they had other problems in their marriage. And then obviously this was a contributing factor, but it was not a singular isolating event that led to the destruction or the dissolution of their marriage. And in a lot of situations, it's not these just singular events that lead to dissolution. And I think that this is really highlighting that, like multiple things and them growing apart, right? Just not having the same perspective anymore. You know, she stated that when she was 26 years old um, and Tom was 29 years, old is when they met and they wanted a family and they wanted things together. And as time went by, they started to realize that they just wanted different things. And now they had this kind of choice to make. And that doesn't mean that you don't love the partner anymore. It just means that in order for you to be authentic and truly live the life that you want to live, you have to like sometimes let people go. Right. And it's a dance and it's a balance that you're kind of constantly playing.
0: I think that's such a good point. This is something I tell my students all the time uh, when we talk about like breakups in my close relationship course. Uh, I do my best to make them think about what we mean when we say successful relationship, right? Like, we're talking about Brady and Giselle. They've been together for 15 years, right? If you go back to when they first started dating. Um, right. That's a really long time, right? And so I guess my question that I ask my students is always, would you rather have like a six-year happy relationship that ends after six years or would you rather be stuck in a rut for 25 years with this person who you're not even that crazy about? Which of those two sounds successful, right? And I think right, relational success is more than just sticking it out because you feel like you have to.
1: Yeah, and relationship success, I mean – In my opinion, too, just because a relationship ended doesn't mean it wasn't successful, right? Everybody's meant to be in your life for a specific period of time. And that time can vary and change. But I think what makes it successful is your ability to reflect on it and grow from it, right? And it's not always like just ending up together. It's kind of the roles that they play in your life at the time that they're supposed to be in your life. And if we can start thinking about things like that too, we can start to understand that these things aren't failures either, right? It's not a bad thing that something ended, right? You sometimes things have to end for other doors and opportunities to open and that's okay. You know, a hundred
0: percent, a hundred percent. And I think that that's kind of like, again, like, I think that the public image feeds into that idea of like, Oh, well, they uh, you know, they broke up. So uh, there must have been something that happened. There must have been this big relational transgression, like Tom Brady deciding that he wants to play football for another year when in reality, like relationships are very complicated and deep. And so you've got all these relational factors flying around. And when you have a public celebrity relationship, that's not an interesting story. You know what I mean? Like that's not what people want to write about. And so unfortunately, folks often force a story where there might not necessarily be one. Like, you know, I don't like Tom Brady. Uh and I also don't want to see Tom Brady's relationship dragged through the mud. Like, I don't think that helps anybody. So
1: Yeah, I mean the the role that like, you know, media plays in these relationships I mean, I would assume it's got to be, it's got to be difficult, right? With everybody kind of up in your business, making, you know, attributions off situations or events that occur that aren't actually true into your feelings or your perceptions either. It's got to be quite difficult, you know, to always overcome, but they've been in the spotlight for, you know, a significant portion of their lives. And so, you know, their ability to maybe, you know, tune out the noise might be greater than you know our ability to do that if we were thrown into that situation. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. And you know, obviously, this is just coming from our perceptions, right, of the news and the information that we have, and not actually you know their accounts of going through you know the relationship and what they would trajectory change you know these significant events on an actual diagram.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, I think that the media plays into that. Um, the last thing that I really wanted to talk about today was in the vein of turning points. Um, I want to talk about on again, off again relationships, which is another thing that we've never talked about on this show. Uh, the The data is limited, but also fairly consistent in so much as on again, off again relationships uh, They don't really work out that well. Um, I think specifically it's um, if you're with someone, then you break up, then you get back together, and then you break up. That, That next time, that third wave where you get back together, that's when the odds of relational stability plummet. So if we're extrapolating, and who's to say that Brady and Giselle would even be interested in getting back together? But do we think that they might eventually get back together, maybe after a few years apart? Um, specifically, I asked that because of what you said earlier in relation to both the fact that they have kids and now have to co-parent, but just also that even, even the child of Brady uh, that is not Giselle's is, is an important person in her life. Do you think that having kids uh, alters those odds of them potentially getting back together?
1: Okay, so in terms of them getting back together, I would say never say never, right? (laughs) I I will never say never. Um, As of right now, it doesn't look like it. And in terms of the trajectory of just Tom Brady and Giselle in general, they've never really broken up prior to now. Mm. So it doesn't seem like that that's something that's been in their relationship trajectory, you know, in the past. Um, I would say, if anything, the fact that you have kids together maybe makes you kind of stay in you know, situations that aren't as satisfying, right. And trying to tough it out. I don't necessarily know if that would mean that you're going to go back to that person. Right. I think it was just more of a challenge to leave that person in the, Mm. you know, in the get go. That's my perception. And again, we don't have a lot of research on, on again, off again relationships. And the research that we have is really primarily focused in, you know, the dating portions, as opposed to the marital portions, right? Like getting married, then divorcing, then getting back, getting married again. Right. Um, And the research on that, even the statistics on that in terms of marrying, divorcing, and then marrying that person again are relatively slim. Mm. So, you know, obviously we don't really know, but I feel like this was one that was probably well thought out in advance. You know, it wasn't just this like singular moment that occurred that made these decisions. Um, And it seems like they're pretty drastic drastic decisions, too. Like they grew apart, growing apart and changing your perspectives, right? Having like different wants and needs in life. That's kind of hard to kind of get back onto the same page, right? So I don't know. This one kind of looks like this is going to be potentially one that doesn't necessarily get back together. But that doesn't mean that they can't have a healthy co-parenting relationship, right? And holidays together and things like that. Um, I feel like they're going to be successful at... Being, you know, a family unit, because that's just kind of always something that they've emphasized. You know, Bridget has always been a big part in both of their lives, too, which is the mother to their eldest. And, you know, it seems like they're still kind of riding that trajectory and have close communications with all three of them.
0: Yeah, I think that um, all of this, all of that questioning, right, to say this is another turning point for them. Right. And, and in this turning point, yeah. they are. Altering the nature of their relationship. Now, many relationships don't have many have those turning points that are relationship-altering, unless it's like getting married or breaking up. Uh, but in this case, they're shifting from husband and wife to co-parent, and so that's. I mean, that is a turning point worth acknowledging for sure. It's a chapter in that book, is it not?
1: Yeah, I mean, that book doesn't end. It's it's still going, right? We're just having new chapters, um, new names, and new you know new titles and new. Possibilities that they're opening up. You know, I would say if we were putting this on a graph, this isn't a graph that's just like ending Mm -hmm. right there, right? It's still having to go because of the fact that they're co parenting or maybe they're still even friends. You know, we know that they are still in communication, um, you know, a tad with each other. It's not like they're talking about, you know, just their everyday situations, but about the kids and stuff like that. And so we know that they're still in a relationship. It's just not romantic at the moment.
0: Right. Good point. Good point. We have a couple of minutes left. And in that couple of minutes, uh, I want to attend to our bonus question, which I rarely get to get to, but we did manage to, to make a little bit of time. So um, this, as I mentioned, was episode 55. I think we've had five seasons now or six seasons. I think it's six. Um, I'm out of ideas. I don't know what to do for next season. Do you have any ideas on on a theme for next season?
1: I don't actually have too much. I mean, obviously my, my gut reaction went to like the dark side, but it's kind of been something that's been highlighted throughout all of the seasons that you've done. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily know if it needs, you know, a specific season, but it would be cool to highlight these, you know, dialectical tensions of concepts, right? That things aren't just inherently good or bad for your relationship, you know, that they can cross thresholds and they can change, right? We think about infidelity in situations like that, you know, a lot of people come back and will look at those situations as blessings,
0: Mm. right? That
1: they happened, they got out of these toxic relationships or unfulfilling ones because of that, that event. Um, And so it would be kind of cool to see, I, you know, it, it's been bothering me recently that people are just very judgmental of certain things like ghosting. They're just like, that's bad. I'm like, actually, there are some situations where ghosting is actually very effective. Good point. And vital maybe too. Yeah. Especially so, like, in like stalking just,
0: relationships. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Right. Um, or even potentially abusive ones. Yes. Right? You need to maybe ghost that person for your own safety and well-being. And mm. so I think that, you know, I try to highlight that in my work, that things aren't just inherently a good thing or a bad thing in relationships. And if, you know, I think that would be kind of interesting, but I'm sure there's probably better ideas.
0: <laughs> no, that's got me thinking about, like, maybe an episode on um, modern relational trends or behaviors, like an episode yeah. on ghosting, an episode on love bombing, an episode, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that, like on more modern Helicopter terms. parenting. Helicopter parenting is a good one. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe maybe there's room for that, where we take some of the more modern lexicon and, and fold it into, you know, unpack it. That's a good idea. You said you didn't have any ideas
1: yeah well i guess it it, it was the conversation (laughs) the dyadicness led to the idea
0: (laughs) fair well on that note it's time to go sammy thank you so much for once again joining us
1: thanks for having me
0: no problem and that's it another semester another season wrapped up i don't know what we'll be doing next season but we will be back for more fun stuff i look forward to seeing you there have a wonderful break You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication.